Sepsis, or the infection causing sepsis, starts before a patient goes to the hospital in nearly 87% of cases. Sepsis is a medical emergency. If you or your loved one has an infection that's not getting better or is getting worse, act fast. Get medical care immediately. Ask your healthcare professional, could this infection be leading to sepsis? And if you should go to the emergency room, learn more at cdc.gov sepsis. It's been a little bit of a learning curve with it. Um, the, the slide valve, I'm not a big fan of. One thing I noticed with the power tank um, is it freezes up really quick with that slide valve set up on the Morphlate. So when you're, when you're going, it, it gets frosty really fast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Dog Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jock. I like making people laugh. That's It's good for my soul. Jock. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Well, here we are on another Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time doing another roundtable recording. And I mentioned when we're recording this because you can be a part of this recording. Yes, you can be here and be on the show, the Jeep Talk Show that's been around for going on 13 years now. I know, my God, we should be a lot more popular than we are after 13 years, right? Uh, <laughs> but uh, we're doing what we can. And anyway, you can be part of the uh, the Zoom meeting and the roundtable episode that we publish every Wednesday. Uh, if you uh, just go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, sign up for our newsletter there that you'll see on that webpage. It will help you get notifications of uh, when the uh, the Zoom meeting is uh, and uh, the, the link that you will use to join it. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll break tradition here a little bit and tell you it's really simple. Uh, you just go to jeeptalkshow.com uh, slash uh, roundtable and use the password jeep, all lowercase, uh, jeep. And uh, you'll be uh, you'll join the Zoom meeting, and uh, we you know you can have video, you can not have video, you can join in with your audio, or just sit back and listen. Uh, it could be fun. Although I'll warn you that uh, the conversations and stuff that we have is, are going to make you want to join in and say something. <laughs> but that's not a bad thing at all. You'll find a, a lot of uh, friendly uh, folks here in the Zoom meeting, uh, often very opinionated, uh, but uh, that makes it fun. So we're going to join the Zoom meeting, and tonight we're going to kind of have just a free-for-all uh, conversation about uh, things related to Jeep. And uh, I will ma- uh, mention to you that we are doing YouTube uh, live tonight, uh, streaming on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, comment. Let us know what you think about having this stream on YouTube. Is it uh, of any interest to you or uh, or not? Because uh, if it is of interest, we will do more of it. So let's, uh, let's bring the Zoom people in. Uh, Zoomers, I'll uh, tell you that you really need to mention your name and location so the listeners will know uh, about where you are. So uh, good evening and thank you for joining us. Good evening. Absolutely. Hey. All right. So does anybody have any topics of conversation? Uh, I, I have a couple in mind, but I thought I would just throw it out there to uh, the Zoom people, the regulars, uh, about uh, what, what do you think? Is there something that you've had on your mind that you'd like to uh, ask the brain trust? Who's the brain trust? All of you guys. <laughs> That's a good first question, though. <laughs> I have nothing opinionated to say. <laughs> so Larry is in uh, Jeep and Mo is in uh, Mexico uh, tonight, and he said he may not be, be able to make it, you know, due to uh, not knowing what the uh, internet connectivity would be like. 
and uh, we went down a rabbit trail of uh, things to eat while you're in uh, Mexico. And I told him that one of the favorite things that my mother-in-law makes me is chili rellenos. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> and uh, I think this was, I think he was at Dallas-Fort Worth uh, Airport this morning around uh, 6 or 7. And uh, uh, we were talking about food and stuff. Well, there's Nikki G. Uh, so I think Nikki G's at work. <laughs> he looks like he's got a safety got vest on. <laughs> that's not why he called. Yeah, but that's not what I called. <laughs> I don't know that it can hear us. It didn't look like it. I think he's working on the audio right now. Yeah. Yeah, I see it there it is, connecting to audio. There he goes. All right, stop talking smack about Nikki G. <laughs> oh, no. Now, now's when we need to start oh, talking about it. it. It's no fun unless they can hear you. Of course, the internet goes down. So I have a question for you, John, and I guess Bill as well, and, and whoever else went out there to uh, the uh, uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas run. Was going to Hot Springs a bad idea? No, that, that, it's a really, really nice park. Like, I want to go out and explore more of it. We just did the three badge trails. Uh, granted, we did the three badge trails during an extremely wet day. Um, it had been raining all week, and then it was raining literally while we were out there. Um, which made that Rubicon Ridge Trail a lot of fun, uh, slip sliding and stuff. But um, the park is very well laid out. Like, uh, it's very well uh, marked, all the trails, all that good stuff. So, I don't know, Bill, what do you think? I, I thought it was a really nice nice park. To go to. Yeah, I was kind of a little disappointed. Um, sorry, it's Bill from Central Texas. Um, I was a little disappointed in the weather, so we had to cut the day. Uh, we had to cut it little early um, just because the rain really started coming down and things were getting super slick but yeah i mean there was just looking at the list of trails and all the options out there um and then just the maps that we had i mean you know it, it looked like it's probably i think if we go out there next time maybe it's like a two-day type trip with overnight camping or something like that so i've been out there before i think my trip was cut short the first time um, and then this one, you know, getting cut the, the second time because of the, the weather. So we'll definitely have to get back out there and, and, uh, you know, meet up with some folks in the area. So I know Kevin was out there we met up, you know, met up with him and, you know, it was kind of good, you know, meeting fellow people from the, the show out there and, and doing some wheeling. So. Uh, and, and it's always a great honor that the, the Jeep Talk Show has gotten people together and they go out and go off-roading. And hell, even uh, I go uh, with you guys sometimes. Um, so I, I guess it's just, that's just part of the, the luck of the draw. You don't know what the weather's going to be like whenever you go to an event. Uh, even it's just not really an event, just, just something you're going to as a, a one or two Zs or three Z people that are all going. So I, I was just curious if, it was the, if the weather just made it uh, bad for you guys and wished you hadn't have gone. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I'm, I'm glad we went, but yeah, there was a couple moments there, like where you're just sliding. You know, it's almost like the trees were magnetic. Like you're just sliding, <laughs> and you're just looking at this tree just coming right towards the side of your jeep, and you know, and it's stopping like inches away. You know, it's like there was a couple times there. I'm like, you know, I got this brand new jeep out there, and I'm getting ready to, you know, wrap it around a, a tree out there. So, and then there was a couple just really slick spots where you just kind of held the brakes and you were going for, you were going for the ride where you're just sliding almost down like a, like a tube chute on there in, in your, in your Jeep and just, all right, hold on, you know, and, and I had the, I had the luxury of, of seeing John 
go through some of that stuff. So he didn't, he didn't get any type of warning or whatever. I'm like, Oh, that, that looked really bad. So I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to not do that or I'm going to try to do something different. Yeah. He, uh, he definitely was the hero, you know, uh, <laughs> leading, leading that, uh, run down Rubicon Ridge. But the, the scariest part, like you were talking about was that shoot thing. We actually got a really good video of Larry Jeep and Mo going down it as well, where kind of all four wheels locked up and he's just, almost like snowmobiling through a half pipe it was kind of what it looked like or whatever and um when i came up over it, there's no warning like you just come up over this little hill and all of a sudden you're sliding down and it was the first time i got my daughter a little bit scared she's normally not scared of anything off-road and she was like whoa and so that that obviously made me even a little bit more scared because she's the one normally mocking me for being a little baby on things like off-camber areas and stuff so it was uh it was it was fun though i mean i think it I, I kind of grew a little bit in confidence uh, wheeling, especially in the bad weather out there, because it, I mean, the Jeep really stuck. And it was, that was probably more off camera than I've been since I've been wheeling anywhere on a lot of that. I mean, it was, there was a lot of, uh, and wet off camera. So you're, you're off camera, then you're sliding further and kind of <laughs> catching on rocks and stuff. And it was, it, it was quite a bit to, uh, to kind of help build your confidence as long as you didn't make a mistake. I did get into a tree a little bit. Um, but it wasn't a hit. It was more of like a brush. And the I got my hardtop rhino lined. And so it just kind of like sandpapered the tree with no damage to the hardtop or anything. So that was, that was lucky. <laughs> How long did it take to get the seat from between your <laughs> ass cheeks, John? <laughs> oh, like it took the, the whole hour ride back to my mother-in-law's house. I think. <laughs> I, actually, it was the, so we, the other thing we got to do is uh, testing out a, <laughs> a couple of, um, prior interview products we went to air up at the kind of the station the front area and that's when like the bottom dropped out i mean it was just pouring rain and so had to get the got the more plate system out hooked up to the power tank in the back um got all the tires air back up and then just didn't even coil it back up just threw it all in the back and took off or whatever to get out of there but uh it that was probably a record time for airing up and reconnecting and everything uh when we got back how do you like the Morflate? Uh, does it do everything that you were anticipating that it would do? It does, but you got to, it took me a little bit to learn with it, right? So one of the things I always assumed was, okay, just pull it out, hook it up, throw your air source on, get to the right pressure, you're good to go. But if your tires aren't the exact same air pressure, you really need to let them equalize before you start going in and adding a lot of PSI to it and taking measurements and everything else. So it's not just a, just throw and go. So first few times I was kind of playing around with that and I'd get that pressure and I pull it out and then I get home and my front tire looks low and I check it out and it was, I didn't let it equalize. So I got plenty of pressure in the other three, I guess, but not the, the front one. Cause I was still trying to catch up and I cut it too short. So, mm -hmm. um, it's been a little bit of a learning curve with it. Um, the, the slide valve, I'm not a big fan of one thing I noticed with the power tank, um, is it freezes up really quick with that slide valve set up on the more flight. So, when you're when you're going it, it gets frosty really fast um but overall i'm really happy with it and it's i was worried that it was going to be kind of unwieldy to wind up and put away but you know when you when i got back to my mother-in-law's house there i kind of opened up the back and pulled it off it doesn't take hardly any time at all it's a really nice case that comes in winds up really fast so uh, all in all, I, I'm, I'm happy with with the purchase anyway of the of the Morflate. So whenever you say equalize, um, and I didn't have the, I don't have one, I don't have the instructions in front of me, but I would assume that you take the the setup, you hook it up to all four tires, and let it sit. 
and all yes. the errors will equalize with everybody else. I mean, some will go down, some will go up, yada yada yada. Right. What you're saying is is that uh, whenever you go to air it up without it, with, without the tires being the same tire pressure, it doesn't equalize on its own while you're filling it up. No, it's it's working on equalizing, but the reading you're going to get may not be accurate. Is what I found. So it's not giving you the accurate reading for all four. At least I don't. It didn't feel like it was. Maybe I'm just doing something wrong. But but it's an average, I, right? I mean, you see the the tire pressure is an average of all four tires. I would think. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I just know that like if I if I go real fast and I go through and I hook them all up and immediately put the air source on and start blasting away. Um, I mean, it goes fast, but it always seems like one of my tires doesn't get enough air in it. So if I hook them all up and then let it sit for you know a minute or two and let them all equalize, um, and the closer they are to the real pressures, the less that's a problem. So yeah, sure. um, if they're with only within a pound of each other, something like that, then that's that's not really a problem. So, um, but like when I get home in the garage, I had one of them that I guess had a slow leak from the valve or something like that, and it was all the way down to six psi, where the other ones were at thirty, and that one took a good you know three or four minutes to try to equalize them all uh, before I started giving them air from the power tanks. But but you know from uh, from experience that you can hook all of them up, let it sit for a couple of minutes, and it will equalize. Absolutely. Okay. And once it's done, then you add air to it. It's it just it's a lot quicker reading and a lot more accurate and everything else. So um, that was it's it's that was only the first time really out with the Morphlight system and using it at the park for airing up. And it wasn't a great test, like I said, because I was trying to air up in the driving rain and everything else. So I was right. trying to do everything as absolute fast as possible. So, Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because that, that does make a difference, whether or not you're sitting at home in the driveway waiting for the, the sandwich uh, and uh, just messing around. And the other thing, whenever you're trying to accomplish something in a certain amount of time, uh, there's a, a certain amount of pressure, too, from holding everybody else up, uh, whether you're uh, driving out, getting ready to go out on the trail, or getting ready to go to go home, or maybe travel in someplace to get get lunch. So uh, there's more pressure, and whenever there's more pressure, uh, things get missed. Yeah. Go ahead, Chuck. You look like you got something on your mind. <laughs> no, I mean I just remember on the on the backside of the trails. I mean, that's when you'd all sit there and, and kind of shoot the shit a little bit. I mean, I. I don't have a problem with people wanting to get in and get out and get home, but you know, of course, I didn't do a lot of 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 you know like um, parks and stuff. It was always very long term camping and wheeling. But like we used to, like me to have an air compressor, and mom and dad thought that was nuts. You know, I mean, they used to just drive home on decompressed tires. Oh, yeah, Chuck, we used did, didn't y'all use an air pump, the the bicycle pump? <laughs> <laughs> No, Chris. He was no. blue in it. He just he just sat there with all that hot air. Yeah. Blue the fuck out. All right. But I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why everyone wants to so hurry to get off the trail. Well, I wouldn't say it was a I, hurry. I love this... what with people. Like, like if it took you 15 or 20 minutes to air up four tires, who cares? I mean, just have another beer and chat with them. And, and like, I like talking with you guys, you know? I mean, dang. Well, it, it wasn't really in that, in that case. I, I agree with you. I like just kind of sit around shooting shit and everything. Right. In that case... It was like a freaking driving rain, and you really, there was no hanging around outside shooting the shit. It was pouring rain. We didn't have any camping gear set up, nothing like that, just in a parking lot. So it was just Got trying it. to air up and get the hell out of there. But I mean, generally, though, where I really like it is like when we were in Colorado, there was a lot of airing up, airing down, airing up, airing down, because you take different sections when you're going. You got paved sections off, you know, off paved dirt sections. And so with that constant airing up and airing down, it's not so much sitting around shooting the shit. You're doing that while you're going down the road on the radio anyway. So it's, well, it's well, more the, keeping so it help me out. 
help me out here because I'm not I'm not too privy on the newer Jeeps. I mean, what's the big what's the big deal about driving down the road on an air down tire if you're only going from point A to point B? A lot of it's the weight and how far point A is from point B because these newer rigs are a lot heavier, so it's a lot more you know I guess putting a lot more heat in the tires, especially when you're going. 75 80 sometimes between these areas right you're hauling ass down the highways and stuff when it's paved and it's mountain real curvy it, when it's, has a force when has a 4.0 ever gone 80 i don't know that's, that's tony i think he's i've had i've had far. mine up to over 100 miles an hour <laughs> <laughs> but no it's a lot of it's also just the weight downhill <laughs> no no flat on i-10 yeah, I mean, I I can see I can see that. I mean, and I, I give you guys a lot of shit about it, but I mean, I can see it to a point. But I mean, if you're just going down the road, you know, you know, a couple miles, five, six, ten miles, like I don't I don't know why we need to tear up, air down, move left. Oh no, we right. drove we, uh, we yeah, drove from Silverton right. to Ure on air down tires, didn't we, Bill? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's yeah. short, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, short ten miles, it's like not a big deal, right? But a lot of times when we're we were trying to take as much dirt going to, to URA from, from Texas here. So there may be sections where you have 50 miles of pavement, right? Before you get to the, the next mm. trail. So yeah, we tried to minimize yeah, the, that's the an hour drive. Out, yeah. but if we're going to be on the highway or going long distance, then yeah, we're, we're going to air up. So, you know, I think I, I, it has a lot to do with how much you air down because, uh, and, and maybe how, um, how the terrain is uh, that you're traveling at, you know, 50, 60, 70 miles an hour, because, it shouldn't be bumpy or curvy, but if it is, you run the risk of uh, the sidewall touching the other part of the sidewall and having a lot of heat generated and have a sidewall blowout. Uh, at least that's what I've what I've heard. It's never happened to me personally, thank God. But I always air up. Um, but uh, yeah, if you get it down too low, the the tire's going to heat up and could cause a failure. Well, that's the other thing people are doing too is not airing down all the way, right? Depending on the trails we were going on, if it was just forest roads and I mean, really, you're kind of airing down for for comfort, right? And you know, in, in a lot of cases, and gas you know, out there in Colorado, <laughs> and so a lot of times we'd be like, "Eh, it's gonna go down to like 20 or something like that," right? And then there was days like when we were leaving where we all pulled over because our, our dental work was coming out. And we're like, "Oh shit, we gotta <laughs> go down as, as much as we can" because it was just you know, like a right. terrible, terrible ride. So it just That'd be nice if I aired down to twenty. I wouldn't even have to get out of the jeep, man. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Well, the engine on engineer pass, we like that. This one, Bill was just talking about how bad it was. It was, it was yeah. extremely rough. So we we went down as low as I think I was non B lock. I was twelve to thirteen or something like that. I know. Uh, I think Kevin he went down below ten. Like I think he was getting close to eight or whatever. Just it was yeah, really, really bad. And it has a lot to do with the, the weight of your rig too, right? I mean, I we we get down so low with these CJs, but they only weigh two thousand pounds. I mean, you guys right. are four times the amount of that. If you get down to ten, I mean, the possibility of blowing a bead is pretty high, you know. Well, I mean, you we're guys, right. you, you guys up. actually have to air down more with a, a a vehicle that doesn't weigh as much, right, to get the same effect. Because it is the weight of the vehicle yeah, that presses I mean, the tire down. Yeah, I, I'm less than eight psi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, easily I'm less than eight, and and on like these Patagonias, these thirty fives. I mean, even at eight psi, I mean they're barely bulging the sidewall, and you and you are running a risk of blowing a bead. I mean that's real, real low, but I mean it, there's just no weight. I mean you can't get with these bigger tires. You just can't get uh, you can't get that balloon 
you know, the, the, what you, the desired tread pattern that you want, because the vehicle just doesn't weigh in weigh enough. So quick right? question so for like, you guys. Like mine, mine max PSI. If I run 22 max PSI, I only have a width. You know, I have a 1250 tire, but I might have a width of seven inches at 22 PSI. Right. Like it's just, there's nothing there. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like getting the boat boat up out of the water. There's less friction. So you get uh, right. better, uh, better, uh, uh, miles per gallon with the fuel you're using so do you guys do any of you guys go to the trouble of doing a chalk test or anything so you can determine what the best uh psi for off-road is getting the most contact for your tire and when i say chalk test for anybody that doesn't know what i'm talking about uh you you go to different psis on your tire of course with the weight of your rig on there and you chalk up the tire and then just kind of roll it over concrete or something and you can see how big your 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 pattern is how much of the tire is actually making contact to the ground and the, the lower the psi the bigger the contact pattern should be and and that's really important for just getting uh getting grips over uh rocks and various surfaces so does anybody go to the trouble of chalk testing their stuff especially on a new rig or new tires water water works just as well so you get the tire wet drive it over a dry piece of concrete mm -hmm. you get the same yeah. thing so this is chuck out of kansas of course and uh we have enough gravel roads and dirt that we don't have to chalk it you just drive up and down your driveway and then go out down the road and then turn around and come back and there you go now you know you know I mean, there's no chalk required because we have enough gravel and and all of that and absolutely we do that wayne and i run the same tires he, he's running a 33 i'm running a 35 the same rigs he's got a cj7 i got a cj8 same motor same transmission same everything and we, we have to, we absolutely did it and found out that it's like 20 PSI. You do 22, it's too, too much. Do 18, it's too little. And 22, you're right there. Yeah. And that's uh, for off-road uh, tire pressure? It sounds kind of high. No, no, God, no. No, that's, that, that's on-road. On-road. guys on-road. Yeah. Well, do you, do you want that much contact at, uh, for on-road? Because uh, I'm thinking the less contact, the the better the mile per gallon is not maybe not so good for the breezy times you, out in your area and get, get blown around. But, um, well, we, we don't really, care, we don't really care about uh, MPGs because we're both running V eights. Like that's not why we built the Jeeps, but what we're doing is we're doing tire wear, right? So if you do weight too much, then the inside ear, the center tire, center part of your tire is going to get worn down way more than the edges. Right. So we actually want a full grip from left to right, so to speak. And then when you go off-road, it's just a trial and error on how low you can get, right? I mean, we do 8 PSI. Uh, Wayne doesn't really go down that low. I, I go down to 8, which pretty much that means that your gauge doesn't read anymore, <laughs> right? Right about the time that the gauge doesn't read, then, then we're then I'm good. Wayne Wayne doesn't do that, but that's on him. But, yeah, no, mine, I really care about on-road because I don't want to wear my tires out. Right. You know, pretty early. That's interesting. I never thought about that. I was always thinking small contact patch is uh, usually going to be the best for uh, less friction mm -hmm. and better MPG. And it probably is, but it, uh, it, at what cost? So, right. Ryan usually gets more squirrely, though, too, right? Oh, yeah. So, right on top of the road. Yeah. Yeah. And ours is not very scientific, right? I mean, it is. You grab a beer and throw some tire, throw some PSI in there. Drive her down there for a week or two and figure it out. Or wait for it to get colder outside, and then you do it. 
it's not like we're doing this over a Saturday or Sunday. I mean, this is over a couple weeks and you kind of ish it with our Jeeps, you know. Right. So uh, let me, I don't know if, how many of you guys are familiar with this, but uh, Chuck recently did some damage to his uh, Scrambler, his 81 uh, Scrambler, and uh, I never was very clear on what happened. I think you were actually mentioning it here on the, the Zoom meeting prior to the recording of the episode. How did you, how did you damage that? And it was it you or did you let somebody else drive your Jeep again? No. <laughs> Steve, See, I'm Steven giving you an out. I'm giving you an out for this. <laughs> yeah, Stephen's giggling because he knows that he hammered the passenger friend of mine. No, it was the same area. You know, I just went out to check cows, and and I hadn't checked cows in a while, and I, I missed them a lot. So I went out there, and you know, it was kind of wheeling the creek bed and the cows, and there's this hairpin left, and no big deal. You know, you just kind of go up and have to back back up and kind of turn to the to the passenger side and to hairpin it and i i don't know i think i just went too far no big deal and and i when i was backing up i mean that that jeep is so low geared when you hit stuff uh, as steven found out like he was running right into a tree and had no idea i mean it's just the way that the creek is and i heard something funky like i was like that that sure didn't sound like a motor running or or anything and got out of the creek and then got out and looked at it and i completely crunched the passenger quarter panel like smashed it where you couldn't put fuel in it anymore the the freaking the lights wouldn't work or anything i mean like i hammered it i probably pushed it in eight inches nine inches and just never knew it's just the way the creek bottom was so i mean as any cowboy would you kind of giggle you find your cows you make sure everybody's doing good no pink eye no issues no one's getting pregnant and you went and I went home and that's when I ran into my wife and she landed. She kind of laughed at me and said, well, you, you got to fix it. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. So did Steven feel vindicated from uh, all the crap you've been giving him about the damage to the, the to the Jeep? The I don't know. Your own? I, let, let me ask him. He's <laughs> sitting right here. Steven, do you feel vindicated by completely fucking up the front end of my Jeep? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel that bad to start with. Yeah. He said he was fine. He didn't care when he did it. <laughs> Uh, he's he's nodding to himself whenever you did that. Go, yep. See, I'm not the only one. <laughs> well, it was the same place, the same area. It's just a part of the the set. We call it the South Eighty Pasture. It's actually the most northern pasture that we have now. But uh, it's it's a great four wheeling place. Uh, it's it's hard enough where even veterans can yeah you know, kind of like get out there and practice some and for the new guys it's absolutely gnarly and hard and it's just a great place to, to be on the on the south 80 but it's uh it's now pulled uh pulled two large large victims out of it so it so, is what it is so yeah, let me smile and wave so let me ask you this how did you repair the the bent part and of course it's not back to factory looking but it's uh, it's bent out uh, closer to where it was <laughs> factory looking <laughs> So, um, well, it, anybody that's ever done a V8 swap knows that on a four-barrel intake, you, you build a, a plate. You can buy them from Summit or whoever, but you build a plate, you bolt it in, and it's got some hoops in it. And you can pick it up with your cherry picker or whatever, and it'll pick the, the, the motor out. Sure. Well, we have them. We've made them you know, for a bunch of different vehicles. So I just went out there and, and backed up my, uh, my feed truck, which has, of course, a, a Jeep and mow. 
um, vice on it and uh, kind of lined everything up. And I, I uh, screwed my engine hoist bracket to the back quarter panel. And with a come on, <laughs> come on you know, to the Jeep and Mo vice, and uh, I pulled it out ish. So every every like ratchet with the with the come along, I'd hit the side panel. So until the uh, the gas hose when everything would work, and then rewired the <laughs> the light, and works great. Good. I mean, it's not pretty at all. So uh, it's just the ranch jeep. You know? I mean, Larry uh, Larry Jeeping <laughs> Mo isn't here to ask this, but I do remember him saying on the Discord server. Which, if, if you guys are interested in joining our Discord server, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Scroll on down. You'll see an invite for the Discord server. Anyway, Jeeping uh, Mo Larry was asking you, uh, where's the bumper? I, I, I don't see a rear bumper on that. And I can't help but think that that would have helped situation when you were backing in uh, uncontrollably, probably angry no. about uh, some 4x4 that uh, had driven by on your property. No. Um, so, so the way it is is that most of these creeks are undercut. So where the bumper would have been, it never touched. So that's actually the frame rail on the backside that you can see it. So the frame rail is there, and it's it's sturdy enough. I mean, we've we've increased the 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 thickness of the the gauge of the the back of the frame rail. So it it's there's no bumper, but there's not really needed for one. But that never got touched, not even a right. little bit. It was yeah. all above everything because creek bottoms are, are undercut. I mean, that they, they don't make we, bumpers that, that are, go up higher on that, or is that just a no-no for a scrambler? I understand what you're saying. You had a, basically a big hunk of metal well, going mean, across below the body. I mean, it would be like having a bumper on a JT that went from the frame and that went up, you know, two feet. Like, that doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, you have, you'd have a bumper that went all the way up to the top of the tub. Like that, no, that, 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 and that's what happened, right? I mean, a lot of these creeks where, where I hit, I mean, it was probably if a guy was standing there four feet off the ground, it just is what it is. I mean, there's okay. no bumpers that would have never hurt it, but yeah, I'll have to have another yeah. look at it. It looked like it, a six inch, uh, six inches up from the, where I think the, the frame would be, would be, would have taken the, the brunt of that. But yeah, whatever. I understand you're there. You saw it. You know what you're talking about. It just, uh, it just seemed like right. it would be a great place for there to be a nice uh, wraparound bumper. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I know what I'm talking about, but. I, well, you know more about it than I, I do because you've you got the vehicle. Broken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, you can't, if you're, if you're out there doing that stuff, especially by yourself, I mean, I have nobody watching. Yeah, you can't see everything. I mean, it's just, it's going to happen. Body damage is going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, Wendy says it all the time. You will get body damage. Right. You know. You just want to minimize it as much as possible. Or figure We're out a way to fix it later. All right, I got it. You know, we don't have Nikki G here very often, so I've got to ask him. Uh, Nikki G, everybody hears you every week, uh, twice a week, actually. <clears throat> How in the world did you get started calling in? I mean, what what... Uh, what possessed you <laughs> to call in? How, how did you even? Yeah, you know, you go way back to the XJ talk show yeah. days, right? I, it goes way back when uh, you guys used to talk about the Walking Dead, <laughs> and uh, I had to give him my two cents. And that was the same episode where Denver D called in and said it's a Jeep podcast, right? <laughs> he he called complaining about you guys talking about the Walking Dead, and I called to applaud it. <laughs> are you still watching the walking dead 
No, I got to stop I think about I, I think, seasons ago. Yeah, I think the majority of people are saying, nah, I don't watch that anymore. I can't handle like that when, depressing thing, that, that, uh, that depressing show all the time. Yeah, they, they lost me when they killed Carl. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a mercy killing to me. I never cared for Carl. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, what what uh, and and what was it about the the show that got you to call in every week? I'm still surprised about that. Uh, I'm an attention whore. You know, you guys <laughs> laughed at me, so I kept coming back. <laughs> have you have you heard enough uh, negative things from the uh, the show hosts over the years? Do you ever get depressed about the the tin foil comments or anything? Nah, nah, I enjoy it all. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I don't think you ever mentioned if Henry is okay or not. Is Henry still with us? He's he's still kicking. Well, they they'll do he that knows. without a, with a head missing. I, is he okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he he knows where he is on the food chain. <laughs> well, they should. He, he's he's easy to catch and taste delicious and barbecue sauce. <laughs> well, we sure appreciate you sticking with us all these years and. Uh, uh, I just want to mention this, uh, just throw this out there. You know, we're doing four episodes a week now, and you're only doing uh, yeah. two call-ins. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to step it up. I, I'm, at work right, I'm at work right now, so I'm getting paid to talk to you. Oh, wow. This is the first time that you've actually been paid to yeah. be uh, with the Jeep Talk Show. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they stuck me in this room by myself. So tell people, you actually uh, drag planes around. Is that true? I mean, they don't actually allow you yeah. to run the jets or anything to drive it around. You actually have to hook something up to the front of it and, and pull it, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, we, uh, we take the planes to the gates from the, from the gates to the hangar and back and forth. They, they stuck me in his room and told me to answer his phone when it rings. And it, it hasn't rung at all today. What, why is, would the phone ring? Is it connected? I <laughs> I don't know, but uh, it, it rang once, and I an- answered it, Giordano and Associates, and uh, they <laughs> hung up on me. <laughs> I hadn't rung yet. Oh, uh, I don't know how many brushes of uh, fame that Nikki G has had, but Nikki G has actually uh, ferried, and probably that's not the best word to use, uh, Captain Kirk uh, to a plane, yeah. to a small uh, a jet or something that he was going to be flying on. And what was it, Nikki G? You were told not to talk to him about anything having to do with Star Trek. Star Trek and his uh, singing career, which I, I didn't know he had a singing career. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> he, he sang, but he didn't. <laughs> yeah. And what was it that he actually uh, made a comment, a Star Trek reference to you? Yeah, yeah. He, he was getting on a small commuter plane, and uh, he made a Star Trek reference about about how small the aircraft was. And I said, hey, we, so we were told not to talk about Star Trek. And he said, you can't. But I'm Captain James T. Kirk. I can do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think I think uh, William Shatner's a bit of an asshole. But, I mean, what asshole do you not know that's fun? Yeah. He seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, he does. He's really yeah. funny. Hey, Larry, are you uh, are you in the toilet? Or are you Did you drink the water? What happened? <laughs> Hold on. Well, I didn't drink the water. I'm not in the toilet either. <laughs> that's a nice accommodation if it is a toilet i see there's a, a lamp in the background and stuff so larry yeah. larry's in mexico how often a week do you do you travel uh larry it's like three four days a week yeah usually i figured out the day it's like 26 or 30 weeks a year i travel two or three days so 
Not too bad. wheeling trips, or is that all business? All business. That's not counting wheeling trips. <laughs> yeah, he he drives just to get uh, so he can get off the plane. <laughs> yeah. So if you're watching us on uh, on YouTube live tonight, uh, just to bring you up to date, this is uh, our Zoom recording uh, for our Wednesday roundtable episode. We record the uh, the Zoom meeting every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Central Time, and you can be a, a part of it. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, sign up for our newsletter uh, right there, and you'll get a notification. But it is every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central Time, and uh, we have a, a bunch of fun people. Actually, somebody should call Greg and tell him to get on the on the Zoom meeting. He told me last week when I talked to him, he goes, oh, I hated missing the, the, the Tuesday uh, Zoom meeting. I said, what am I supposed to call you and let you remind you? He goes, that'd be great. <laughs> Chris, Chris knows him. Yeah, I'll shoot him a text. <laughs> I kind of thought he would show up here a little uh, a little later because uh, he's usually not available right when we start the show. But about fifteen twenty minutes afterwards, he he'll pop in. But I just noticed he isn't here. All right, so it's kind of a free for all for tonight. Anybody got anything they want to ask? Uh, like I said earlier, yeah. the brain trust. I got one that uh, was hoping to talk about here. So. Rich, I don't, I don't know if you can hear us. I see you back there working in the shop there. Um, I saw you post on Instagram. It looks like you're building your own custom three link for that XJ. Did I hear that right? We can figure out how to go. There you go. Yeah, that's that's right. It's so, Rich from Colorado, by the way. So, how's how's uh, that coming along? Good. Taking a little bit because the way I'm designing the cross members uh, a little more intricate than I was hoping for, but. In the long run, it's going to be a little, little bit easier. So, what made you pick the three link for the XJ versus just the normal boiling trap uh, and all that stuff? The main reason why is with the TDI in there. I I can't do like a four link or anything because the um, or even just a traditional four link in there. Uh, it's just it wasn't really for me. So this way, I'm I'm just eliminating the bracket on the axle around a little bit, so I can clear the engine, and then um, and then I'm doing long arms also. The lowers are I got them calculated at 36 inches long, so the uppers are going to be a little bit shorter. I just got to get that placed and figure out where that bracket goes. Which uh, which in links did you go with for uh, that? I went with the Barnes four wheel drive ones. They're they're almost identical to the Johnny joints. They're pretty much the same same idea. You could uh, you can rebuild them. They just got the C clip in there. Nice big heavy ones. How how are you three linking a front end? I'm curious. Uh. Essentially, I'm keeping all the axle mounting points the same. The upper link is probably going to move slightly. Um, and I'm going to keep the track bar on there. I'm going to redo it. The kit I got has a, has a tube for it so I can make a new track bar for it. Now, if as I recall, the three link uh, has the advantage of being very uh, get a lot of articulation out of it, but you also have binding problems potentially with it, right? Uh, it depends how you set it up. Because um, there's in all my research, there's a lot of people going either 
free link or radius arms. And more commonly, I saw people saying they were having issues with radius arms, but it's in my setup, it's probably, it wouldn't matter. Um, so with this, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot more articulation. And then with the long arms, which is actually the main reason why I'm doing it was for the, um, more of like the rough road, uh, the rough spots when you're going kind of higher speeds, it's going to ride over those, the rough road a little better because your, your arms aren't at such a steep angle. Oh, very cool. Uh, how far along are you on it? It looks like, I guess you still have the, uh, the, uh, the ends welded into the, the long arms yet. Yeah, I, I pretty much have that figured out so I can get the lowers done. I got to order a couple more links for the upper one. Um, that one, I still have to figure out the exact length I'm going to make it. Uh, the cross member, I'm got a lot of it notched out and the, um, tabs tacked on there. I'm just trying to kind of clearance it because I got it notched out where the, the end is sitting on the backside of the tube. And then, um, it kind of notches through that, that cross member so I can get that. 36 inch length there and then i gotta i got to make sure it clears and then i'm gonna box all that in too weld it up real strong too and then all kinds of gussets and whatnot so there's a little bit of work but it's it's all just the little tedious kind of making things fit right mm -hmm. and you work at a shop that uh, you do uh, jeep or off-road modifications uh, quite a bit right oh yeah yeah, we, we, our shop, uh, we do kind of, well, if I call it high-end builds, but we do a lot of builds for people up in like Aspen and Vail. We're, uh, we're actually getting ready to do a gladiator that's going to be on 42s with one tons. And Oh, I remember you we, talking about that. Yeah. And the yeah, 42s so is because his friend is on 40s or something? Yeah. So his friend, his friend in the same uh, Vail Valley Jeep Club, they uh, the one guy has a 392, pretty much right off the lot, brought it to the shop before I started working there, and they swapped out the axles for the um, the Daniel 60s, and originally they were planning on doing 40s, but he toned it down to 37s and after driving on it and going to Moab a couple times, uh, his wife finally said, you need to get the 40s on there now. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so now his, the other guy that's in that club, he has a uh, diesel JL that's on 37s. Um, and it's, it's a nice setup too. And he's like, you know what? I, I can't have this guy show me up. And I've always wanted to build one of these. So we're going to go all out. Originally, he wanted 43s on there. But we're like, mm, 42s is probably about all you're going to want to do on the street. Right. So, and uh, and do, did you want to mention the name of the shop and where you're located? Uh, it's Lift Off Road in uh, Glenwood Springs, Colorado. 
Oh, very cool. So, uh, so is that a nice place of Colorado? Is it very, uh, not artistic, but it's very scenic uh, in that area? Or is that a different part of oh, the state? Yeah. yeah, it's gorgeous around here. Um, we're a couple of the trails. If you ever look up um, Crystal Mill, it's one of the most photographed places, at least in Colorado. I, I want to say I've heard in the country also. Um, but that trail is earlier this year. I left work and buzzed up there and did that trail and then came back down and had dinner all before eight o'clock. So it's, there's a lot of trails close by. Uh, we're only two and a half hours away from Moab. So, oh, wow. Very nice. And then have you ever been two hours away from Uray. Have you ever been to Moab? Maybe, maybe uh, I think I drove through there once. <laughs> you know, sometimes it, just because something's close, you don't go to it, which is uh, which that's, is the reason why I ask. <laughs> that's very true. There's there's a uh, there's a few places around here that I've, a lot of people have talked about, and I still haven't gone to, even though I've lived here my whole life. Yeah. Well, that was going to be my next question. If you moved there, or you just uh, got the, the, the luck of the draw, so to speak. Nope. I've. Born and raised. I was actually born in Glenwood Springs. I moved uh, to Grand Junction for a few years and then kind of came back up this way a little bit. So, How did you wind up with an XJ? Because, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's not a common vehicle. I mean, there was a bunch of them made and a lot of people drove them. But as far as off-road vehicles, uh, not so much. Oh, come on. They made three and a half million of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that. No, it was a bad drug, man. God damn it, Greg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, the funny thing is, my my sister is actually my boss. She's the one that owns oh, the Oh, God. The I hope it's an older sister, at least. <laughs> she, she is. I'm actually the baby out of all... I got three older sisters. Oh, no. You poor bastard. So I, I got picked on. <laughs> but, uh, so, she, she ended up getting a JK, and then eventually they opened up the their shop and i was like man i kind of i kind of want to do some wheeling and at the time i was more into the the lower uh volkswagen stuff like that which kind of one reason why i got tdi in here now but i started out with that and my wife had a 2004 kia sorrento and we got an area out in Grand Junction that's just BLM land. It's not sand dunes, but it's like dirt hills and all that. It's more for dirt bikes and whatnot. But one time I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to go take take her car out and just go play around for a bit. And as soon as I did that, I was like, man, I need to find something to go actually wheeling in. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I can't afford a JK because at the time – they were still pretty pricey and so i was like i'll I'll look around i was kind of bouncing back and forth between uh uh, toyotas and and uh jeeps but i'm like yeah you know what i'm i'm decided i'm just gonna do an xj or a wj and then finally this one pretty much fell in my lap it was close by and at the time it was fairly cheap with with uh, it had higher miles, but uh, it was super clean, right? So, 
I jumped on it and just uh, started getting after it. Very cool. Well, I see Greg from Unofficial Use Only finally joined us. I guess somebody had to call you, Greg. <laughs> no, I, uh, I was, it was a late night tucking the kids in. Oh, okay, good. Hey, Rich, what, uh, what shots are you going with with that three-link setup? You uh, change those out, too? Uh, I just put in, they're actually JK shocks, uh, Fox, just 2.0s. I just, I just actually, uh, should give me a call. Like I literally just got rid of my Fox 2.0. So I upgraded to the Fox 2.5 elite, the DSC reservoir, whatever they are. So I love the way they ride, but man, that with that reservoir in there, they had to hack the crap out of my inner fender. Like it is, it is chewed all to pieces. Um, So. So for a while now, I've actually been on a, just a rough country four and a half inch lift. And so that's that's another reason why I wanna kinda of move away from it. I'm just I'm over the, the short arm and just the crappy shocks on there, so Hey Rich, your uh, radio antenna is leaning to the right. It's very <laughs> yeah. distracting. Can can you straighten yeah. it up? <laughs> <laughs> it leans a little bit. I've uh, I I kind of bumped it into a, a rock on twenty twenty one road. <laughs> variety pack. It's leaning to the left, Nikki G. <laughs> I never said I knew my knife hand from the fork. Oh boy, I don't either. <laughs> I'm not good with right and left. That's a that's a cool setup. I'm been following it on Instagram or whatever, and. Uh, it's like a lot of work trying to do that because you've also done like the uh the chassis snippers and and all the other stuff underneath it as well yeah so far i got the front um frame stiffeners and the center section frame stiffeners uh the other thing is the reason why i'm building my own setup too is when i put the diesel in it i move the whole transmission everything forward roughly four inches so all the kits out there are the cross member bolts up to the uh, the transmission, and I would have to modify all those anyway. And the amount of time I would spend doing that, I would spend in just making my own. So I'm I'm already mostly brewing. And at this point, I'm also about half the price in this whole setup than I would be if I bought the kit. So. So if you're doing the, the long arm three link front, what are you doing in the rear? Uh, right now it's staying the uh, leaf springs, but eventually I'll do some sort of links on it. I don't know if I'm going to do coils or I don't know yet. The rear's, the rear ride's pretty decent so far, so I'm going to just run it for a little while. What year, uh, what year XJ is that? Uh, it's an L1. one. <laughs> So how, how are the leaf springs? Have you replaced them yet, or are you thinking about replacing them? Uh, they only last for so long. I've actually gone through several. I originally started out doing the whole uh, uh, master pack. Yeah, master pack. I found some uh, uh, S10 springs or Chevy springs and right. pieced them together, this and that. And then I even did the, the two-inch spacers on the front. But then... Um, I got the rough country springs and my first set 
uh, flattened out on me. And right now, I got them changed out to the same springs, but just newer. And that brought the back end way up. I didn't realize the back end was sagging so bad. So, oh, yeah. It, it's amazing. Uh, and then I, get, I also, at the with the older springs, I did the... Um, I did a little bit longer shackles on there, and I also did the um, shackle relocation brackets, right? Which That's... definitely helped a lot. Um, even with the longer shackles, I was able to get them at the right geometry and all that, so everything rode really good. That's another reason why I'm keeping the rear; it rides pretty good with it. So yeah, that's exactly I what I was going to ask is if you changed up the shackles at all, because I know as soon as I changed mine in the rear end, I don't want to change anything else now. The the leaf over axle, or yeah, leaf spring over axle is amazing with the, the upgraded shackles. Yeah, if you get your shackles at the correct angle and the way the way I've Seeing it, if you do the longer shackles, it, it kind of helps with the travel too. Um, but if you do the longer shackles, you have to do the relocation so you can get them set at the correct about 45 degrees or whatever they say. And then once you do that, it's the on-road is really good throughout the, um, like on rough roads and all that, the back end feels really good. And it also articulates pretty decent especially for the cheap shackles I have. I'm probably going to do like some like Iron Rock off-road adjustable shackles so I can really dial it in a little more. But um, I'm just going to kind of keep it simple on the rear. So, Rich, I'm, I mentioned this. Maybe I've mentioned it to you in the past, uh, and I don't remember if I have or not or your answer, but are you familiar with uh, IronManFab.com? Uh, yes. I am. I actually, I got some of their um, sway bar uh, drop brackets right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Andy makes some really good stuff. That's uh, uh, all the suspension stuff I have on mine. I, I got from uh, Ironman Four by Four Fab. And for you guys that are uh, confused about having the the Gladiator, I do have the Gladiator, but I also have a an XJ that we bought new back in uh, ninety seven, ninety eight. It's a, a ninety eight XJ. So. That's the reason why I know about Andy's stuff. I think it's pretty bitching, you know, listening to Rich, you know, how, how he's hand-making all this stuff. I mean, to be honest, his rig's not the prettiest out there, right? It's not going to it's not gonna win any, like, showgirl-type paint job, but it's so bitching that all the stuff that matters is hand-built. Like, that's how you really make a Jeep, mm -hmm. right? You know every bolt, every washer every bushing and you can hear it and feel it when you, when you wheel, that's, that's oh, super yeah. cool. Yeah. That's one of the things that I like about listening to the show is there are guys out there that are hand making their own crap. Which, I mean, and what's great is Rick is going to come back in three or four months and go, Hey, I figured out I did this wrong. Right. And I did it right again. Right. I mean, you change it. You're not going to always get it right the first time. And, and there's a lot of people out there that are, that are naysayers like, Oh, you, 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 you don't know what you're doing. Well, maybe not, but I'm going to try it. And we're <laughs> going to monitor and wheel. That's part of the fun. Did right, right. <laughs> right. I don't know how many times, like Stephen and I, when we hand-built my CJ, I mean, we did everything wrong. I mean, we, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. 
But then we went out, we ripped everything to bits and pieces and then came back and put it in the shed. And we, this is when we had time, right? We weren't very busy. And we built, rebuilt it again and we went out. I, I can I can listen to guys like Rich to the day I die because I'm, I'm so excited to hear that the that there's so many people. I mean, I think he chose his rig poorly. I mean, it's not a CJ, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's an it's XJ. It does everything better. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think it's bitching, man. I absolutely love it, and I'm I'm a proponent for it, 100. percent I back it 100. percent I love that shit. Mm-hmm. Well, we certainly uh, hope you guys uh, enjoy uh, listening to all this stuff that you hear on the the Jeep Talk Show, like uh, Chuck does. And uh, yeah, I know Chuck's a co-host, but uh, he still enjoys uh, listening to it, <laughs> or so he says. So uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun being here on the uh, in the Zoom room, the round table, uh, the the Zoom meeting, I should say. Zoom room is a, a different product that uh, Zoom has. Uh, but anyway, uh, we uh, we really appreciate you uh, joining us, and uh, we're doing. Uh, a uh, YouTube live tonight. You may have caught us here. You can uh, catch the show, uh, jeeptalkshow.com, and uh, pretty much any place where you would listen to a podcast, you can find the Jeep Talk Show. We've been doing this uh, for uh, now going on 13 years, and uh, there are a lot of uh, back uh, episodes for you to listen to. Uh, This is uh, actually episode 723. So uh, if you uh, listen to this one, uh, you only have 722 more to go. And truth be told, there's more than that out there because that's just the episode count for the main episodes. There's uh, actually some, uh, uh, there's a Jeep Talk Show call-in show. Uh, There's uh, some special episodes that we've had throughout the years. Most recently, uh, speaking of Chuck, most recently we've had uh, two special episodes uh, with uh, Chuck being the uh, the star of, uh, of the interview, a guest interview. Uh, and speaking of interviews, we our interview episode is every Friday, and uh, coming up uh, this week, you can listen to our interview with Dave Ladd of GoArmorLite.com. They are a complete flooring replacement system. So, you know that floor uh, that you have in your TJ, maybe that one that uh, captures the water and gets all smelly and ugly? Well, you can replace that flooring with this flooring system, rip all that carpet and everything else out of there, and you get this nice... Uh, plastic type stuff that it is, it was, uh, it's very much more off-roady, if you will. And it is, uh, it, it will not smell if you get any water or wet in there, which I know that that just probably made a uh, hundred sales right there. So you can get uh, the front part, uh, the rear part, or the whole damn thing. Uh, I was very impressed with the product and so much so that I started uh, pricing it for uh, my wife's TJ because <laughs> it really does look a great, like a great product. But you can listen and hear for yourself uh, coming up this Friday. David Ladd, go uh, to Armorlite. I'm sorry, Dave Ladd, go Armorlite.com. Go Armorlite.com. So I've already mentioned the newsletter. You can find out more about the show by going to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. We have a Discord server that you can be a part of. You can see the invite there. You can also call in uh, uh, and uh, leave us a voicemail or send us an email. Uh, all that information is right there, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. And you never know what you're going to see or hear on the Jeep Talk Show, but damn it, it's going to be uh, at least 90% Jeep. I mean, sometimes we talk about food. Sometimes we talk about other things, but I'd say 90% Jeep related. So four episodes a week, you get about uh, an hour uh, each one of those days. And if you need more, like I said, there's lots of past episodes that you can listen to. 
So join us again next week, uh, right here Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Central Time, if you'd like to be part of the Zoom meeting, get your voice on the Jeep Talk Show. And uh, if you miss it, be sure and listen to it on Wednesday. Podcasting since 2010.